you're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by ThriftBooks. ThriftBooks.com is the largest online seller of used books in the United States. They pride themselves on offering the lowest everyday price on used books on the web, with over 13 million books in stock. Everything from classic children's books like The Little Engine That Could to the latest thriller by John Grisham. I've used ThriftBooks for over two years now, and I can't recommend them enough. To save 15% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more, go to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks. Again, head over to thatmusicteacher.com slash thriftbooks to save 15% off on your first order, plus free shipping on orders of $10 or more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to That Music Podcast. This week, I'm going to be talking all about the way that I view performances in the elementary music classroom. Whether you love it or hate it, performances are a huge part of our jobs as music teachers. If you were to ask 100 music teachers how they plan performances, honestly, you'd probably get nearly 100 different answers. Because when it comes down to it, we're all different people serving different students in entirely unique situations. My personal philosophy as a teacher is to make sure that there is joy in as many parts of my job as there can be. For instance, I personally don't do large productions for my elementary performances. Part of this is due to the fact that I split my time between two schools. And on top of that, I teach at a pretty small elementary school and only have two classes per grade. But when it comes down to it, I don't really find joy as an educator putting on these large productions. With that being said, I'm still a firm believer that all students should be performing in some way as part of their music education. Music isn't something that exists in a vacuum. Music exists to be experienced with others. Performance is obviously a large part of what music is and how it's taught in the public schools. The thing is, sometimes we as music educators can get too focused on the final project and forget about the musical moments along the way. While I personally think that the performance experiences in general music are incredibly important, I also believe that they should be as stress-free as possible and demonstrative of what actually happens in our classrooms. My personal philosophy on performances at the elementary level is that our lessons should support the performance, not the other way around. Part of this comes from an advocacy point of view. I think a lot of people, especially parents and honestly some other teachers and administrators, don't really understand what happens in the music classroom, especially at the elementary level. A lot of these people have had music experiences, but what they mostly remember are those performance experiences at the secondary level. And honestly, if they do remember elementary music education, it's probably changed a lot since they were in school. So I really like to be able to show the people in my audience why we are doing the songs, why I picked the songs, and kind of show it how it fits into my curriculum and sequence. Now, obviously, I'm not going to tell them all the intricate details about presenting, performance, and things like that. But I want them to know that the reason that we're singing the songs is for a purpose. And it actually helps move my curriculum forward. It's not just that one performance aspect. While the way that I plan performances is a little bit more work on the front end than buying the newest pre-made performance, I truly believe that it makes the entire process better for my students as well as myself. Whenever I plan performances, I always start by picking a theme. In all honesty, this theme will probably change a few times throughout the process, but I always start with something to get the ball rolling. For this past year's holiday performance, I ended up with Christmas time around the world. I thought about my students and the population that I serve, and I really wanted my students to have the understandings of different cultures expanded upon. 
I also knew that I wanted to be sure to include songs from Latin America, as I have a large percentage of students that live in Spanish-speaking homes. Okay, so once I had my theme, now I knew I really needed to start digging deep into the repertoire books, online databases, and Facebook groups to find high-quality repertoire. I personally use as much repertoire from the oral tradition as possible, especially with the theme that I chose for this performance. When I'm looking at possible repertoire, I'm looking for a few things. First, I want to make sure that it is representative of the culture that it's attributed to. I think it's important that if I'm teaching something as a Mexican folk song, for instance, that I do my homework and make sure that it really is a folk song for Mexico. Secondly, I look at the melodic and rhythmic elements that I can pull out of each song. For instance, I knew that my third graders were going to be working on Tika Tika, T Tika, and Tika T, so I paid special attention to those songs that have extractable patterns with these rhythms. That way, I can teach concert repertoire without needing to let my curriculum stall in the process. Lastly, I look to make sure that each song I choose is developmentally, musically, and thematically appropriate for the age of the students that I'm looking for. I want to make sure that the music I'm choosing is challenging enough for my students, but not too difficult for them to learn in the time that we have to prepare. I also think it's really important to make sure that the songs aren't too simple so that they'll be perceived as babyish by these older students. Once I've gathered all the repertoire that I wanted to use, I look at ways that I can weave them together in a seamless way. For instance, for this year's holiday performance, I looked at how I can kind of actually create a map with the songs that we're singing. So we started with North America and kind of made our way around the world, and then we ended back up in North America. So that's the way that I kind of formed that in my brain, is that we were like actually on a journey around the world, and that was kind of dictated the order of the songs that I would go through. Once I had the order, then I looked for poems that had to do with wintertime that I could use to help kind of move our story along. Um, so if we were singing a Spanish song next, then I would try to find a simple Spanish poem that we could have some students read between the songs um, to kind of help move us along on our journey around the world. Once I have all of the repertoire selected, I sit down and make an outline of the entire lesson sequence, starting from the day of the performance and working backwards. I literally sit at my desk with a bunch of post-it notes and go lesson by lesson. I always know that my final two lessons, at least, are going to be some variation of a run-through, so that's always where I start. Next, I go through my list of repertoire, along with the extractable elements of each, and compare them to my rhythmic and melodic sequences. I fill in any presentation moments in my sequence, and then work backwards from that to make sure that I have enough preparation activities so that my students are ready for that presentation moment. The last thing that I do when inserting repertoire into my sequence is build in extension activities. This might be adding ORF instruments or creating a B section with the rhythms that we're working on, but I think that it's important for us to have these moments of extension and synthesis even when we're learning concert repertoire. I'll be honest, I start this process a long time before the performance. I like having a couple months to work with the music and to have my students work with the music so that we're not scrambling at the end to try to make sure that we have everything memorized and ready to go for performance time. I also like that I am able to really keep working with my curriculum. I don't have to stop and pause. I, I'm still able to do my presentation moments. I just have to pick different repertoire that kind of works with the theme. And I think that that really helps me stay focused, especially when I get to the end of the year when everyone except for my third graders have a performance. Creating meaningful performance opportunities for our students can be hard, but it honestly doesn't need to be all the time. If you're looking at the amount of pre-planning that I'm doing and thinking I'm crazy, believe me, I get it. It's a decent chunk of work on your end up front, but I promise that the work that you put in at the beginning of the process will make it worthwhile for you and for your students. 
So how do you do performances? I really want to know. So if you do performances in your classes, I would love if you sent me an email at thatmusicteacherblog at gmail.com or message me over on Facebook or Instagram at thatmusicteacher and just let me know how you do performances. What's your personal philosophy on performances? Do you do the big performances? Does that bring you joy? Because if it does, that's awesome. I, I love that there are people that do that. It's just not my thing. So I'd love to hear how you guys view performances in your classrooms and how that process fits in your curriculum over the rest of the year. Thank you for listening to That Music Podcast. You can check out the show notes at thatmusicteacher.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes as they come out every Wednesday. I'd also appreciate if you left a review as this helps new music teachers find the podcast. Thanks again for all that you do for our kids. I hope that you have an amazing week.